Are you ready to go down the rabbit hole? The All Things Alice podcast will explore the cultural phenomena of Alice in Wonderland. Frank Bedore, the author of the Looking Glass Wars trilogy, is your host through a wonderverse of interviews from all types of creators as they chronicle the dark yet empowering reality of Lewis Carroll's fantasies and answer the question, what is it about Alice that captivates us still today? The All Things Alice podcast, available wherever you listen to podcasts. From the team that brought you the award-winning show Retro Replay and the Emmy-nominated comedy series Con Man comes a new idea just crazy enough to be good. Introducing Couch Soup. I know, I know, you're probably wondering, what is Couch Soup? Well, Couch Soup is content for your hungry nerd soul. Daily articles from fans, not pundits. Weekly podcasts that contain a multiverse of opinions on all things pop culture. Exclusive videos and weekly live streams where we laugh, scream, and sometimes have technical difficulties. All created by folks like you, the gamers, the film nerds, the TV bingers, comic book lovers, bookworms, and pop culture enthusiasts, all in one giant bowl of beautiful, disgusting, soupy goodness at CouchSoup.com. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Watching Now podcast over here on CouchSoup, where we are diving into every new episode of Halo Season 2, and we finally have our Episode 3 after waiting another week, and we are very excited to dive into it because there's some new stuff brewing, there's some cool stuff happening. So let's get right into the show. I am your host, Nick McKay. Joining me today, our Spartan lineup is Dan. Well, hello, everyone. We have Tom. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and joining us this week a new recruit brandy hello what's up guys welcome welcome uh welcome to the episode today we're going to be breaking down episode three of season two uh and we're very excited to get into that lots of new stuff happening lots of cool things going on but before we get into the episode recap uh we're going to do a little bit of an opening topic here we're going to be discussing a little bit about halo and it's far-reaching law so halo is like over a whole bunch of mediums uh it started all the way back in 2001 can you believe halo one came out what's that 23 years ago yes i can i was there i lived it it. felt that long he lived it i lived (laughs) it i lived the halo i I was baby i was baby small yeah i was i was young i was young back then but yeah halo combat evolved was the first game started production in 1997 like, that's just crazy to think Halo is that old. But since then, there's a whole bunch of books. There's a whole bunch of comics. There's a couple of movies, a couple of TV shows. And obviously, we've got the new Halo TV show. Uh, but, I mean, this world has just been expanded upon. It kind of feels like Star Wars, the way that, like, it's just been expanded with various different types of mediums. Why do we think, and Dan, I think you start with this one. Why do we think that this this Halo series has endured for so long? Banger music. Excellent storytelling. Mm-hmm. And you can't not like the Master Chief. Like you can't not hate that guy. Or like double negatives. You can't. You can't hate Master Chief. He's just such a great character, and like it's so easy to like embody him and just go with that flow. But banger music, great story. (laughs) In the games, killer gameplay. 
Yes. I mean, it's first person. I mean, shooter. yeah, Bungie nailed like, that first person shooter uh, game. I play. remember like Halo One, Halo Two. Everyone said, "Dude, Halo is the the pinnacle of first person shooter." Like that was the game that, like, if you wanted to play FPS games, you had to play Halo. Halo One nailed the mechanics for first person shooter gameplay on console. Because before mm -hmm. that, first person shooters only lived on PC. I mean, there were first-person shooters on console before that, but they were, like, not good. <laughs> and they didn't control yeah. very well. But, I mean, ever since then, like, it's gone into, like, comic books and books. I mean, Dan, you said you've read... I haven't read any of the books, but you said you've read The Fall of Reach. Yeah, I'm rereading it I hear that, that it is a great, great, great book. Mm. It plays a lot into the show as well. I really want to find it somewhere, and I really need to read it. They're on it Amazon, really cool. and Kindle and whatnot. Digital ebooks gotta get that i'm kind of a newbie because i i am just now starting to play through the games with dan so this is kind of a new learning experience for me um i've played one two three odst and now reach was the last one we played like this past weekend and holy crap i want to play reach again like seriously like i had to immediately go back into one just to understand okay how is this flowing? Like I had to go play one again because that's been like two years since I played one. So I'm just now like learning these characters, loving these characters. Like, man, Reach was like a punch in the gut, man. That was poof. That, that, that had me in my feels all day. Mm. <laughs> I've never played Reach and I finally have a PC that can, that can like play games. And I have Game Pass, so like we need to get on this and yeah. reach. I'll play it again. We're player co-op. We mm -hmm. We're player co-op. Yes, we'll do it. For me, I my first game was Halo Reach. Funnily enough, um, I got it when I got my 360 in 2011, um, and I pretty much I loved the vehicles. I loved being able to get into a vehicle, get out, and all that sort of fun stuff. That was just that's the thing that drew me into Halo as a whole, plus the gameplay. Um, and then the next game I played was Halo 4, which is why it had, I have a bit of a soft spot for it. Mm. Um, recently replayed it and I just found out like a lot of story beats in four are in this show. That's right. And I just connected and I was just like, Hmm, three, Ooh. four, three, they really wanted to go this direction and yeah, it's been fun times killing aliens and parasites and shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly it. I mean, I, I haven't played like many of the halo games because i've always had a playstation um I, there was a brief period where i had an xbox 360 and i was like i have to check out halo i played the absolute ever-loving crap out of halo 3 and odst and i absolutely adore those games odst is one of the like one of my favorite stories where like you go through this abandoned city and start like picking up all the different pieces of story and stuff like i think that like, the show is kind of starting to nail that where it's this massive like huge universe wide war between like the humans and the covenants and everyone but they're still able to tell grounded emotional stories between human beings you know drew touched on it last week where he said you know perez and chief had that that conversation and it felt like this is a real like human conversation and i feel like that's what halo has always been able to do they tell these kinds of stories that you really feel for these characters instead of just seeing two sides of a war and fighty fighty so I, I appreciate that about the Halo series. So that's why I'm really excited about the show. And uh, hopefully the show keeps going with that kind of stuff. 
we also just gave our extended feelings about Halo on this week's past week's episode of Screen Smash. So if you want even more Halo and more Halo love, we uh, we just pour our hearts out for Halo on this last episode of Screen Smash. So go check that out if you want to hear more gushing <laughs> about Halo. It's a Halo gasm. It was. <laughs> There's a lot 100%. of gushing. Hundred percent. Halo orgy. Halo gasm. Sorry. Sorry, I'll see myself out. Yeah, you ruined it. Go away. Oh God, I ruined it. There's always that guy that takes it one too far. That was me. <laughs> it wouldn't be yeah. couch super. That's usually me, so. but I mean, whatever. <laughs> Anyways, uh, awkward segue. Let's get into the sit rep for episode three. episode three episode three i mean i was anticipating a lot of battle remember how episode two ended where chief and silver team were headed to and the sword base they were on reach but they were headed to go find cobalt's uh, team or whatever i thought mm-hmm. we were gonna like open with some banger action and then there wasn't any i was mm-hmm. like oh okay the opening scene what i kind of got from it was that like high is starting to doubt chief you know she's kind of like questioning him like why are we here you know is this like sanctioned and chief is kind of like hiding it he's like no no just listen to me and i still love how like vanak and, and riz were, were just like yeah we got to listen to chief you know even even up to the point where um uh, who is it is it the, the oni that found them oh yeah Briggs, the, the, yeah the mm-hmm. oni yeah yeah so they've, they've they've found them and they've all got their guns drawn on on uh, silver team and uh, Vanak and Riz are like guns up. They're like, just give mm-hmm. us the word. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, they were ready to go to war. So I like how they like really, really bonded. But Kai is the first one that's like starting to show some kind of doubts at the beginning of the episode there. There was something I wanted to mention that opening scene too, like because it was like a slow burn building up all this tension. Mm-hmm. The whole mm-hmm. time during that scene, I was just like, I'm like, please let them like turn the lights on. And it looks like the exact sword base from reach the video game. And I was going to be like, (laughs) but it it didn't do that. But I was like, come on, do do it, do it. I do like how Vanek was basically like when they heard the sounds, he turns to Kai. He's like, you believe him now? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, like that trust. There's obviously something going on. And at least Vanek. And Riz seems to kind of see it. I don't know about Kai, though. Mm. I don't want her to turn. (laughs) I just love the whole vibe of this opening sequence. Like, like, as you said, the Mm -hmm. slow burn, just Mm. like the gradual, like, oh, now we're at Visegrad. Like, is is an elite going to jump out and it's going to have, like, that same tune and then they chase it down? Or is it just going to be different? And, like, the loud sound they did when they turned on the power was like, damn. Mm -hmm. This is like, it's not action and it's different. But I'm really enjoying it. it was I really Dead Space like vibes. That, that mm. bang too. Yeah. The bang, bang, and like Perez yeah, was the, like tapping her finger. finger. Yeah, like, we what? need to talk about that. We need to <laughs> talk about that because that, like, Perez was like asleep and she was like tapping. She was tapping like to the mm-hmm. same sound and stuff. And obviously, that obviously that gets explained right at the end of the episode. So we'll get to that. But that was chilling. I was like, dude, like, is Perez connected to this? Like, what's 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 happening here? Like, it was so creepy. <laughs> I did think oh, she was like sort of like half possessed or something. Yeah, like, I did think like she was like maybe like a sleep aid. Got that feeling like, as well. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah. Like, she was mm. taken away in the first fight, and then Chief just finds her, and she's the only one that wasn't killed. And she was like, "Why wasn't I killed?" Yeah, yeah. So like maybe there's like a tracker, or they did some mind stuff. 
and I don't know. I have not. But... I have some. I have some thoughts on that, but we'll get to that because that's mm. kind of there's yeah. big reveals later on yeah. in the episode. So I'll we'll we'll get to that because I got some theories on Perez uh-huh. and uh, oh, it's juicy. So we'll get to that in a sec. Juice. So after that, we have a, a very interesting scene, and I just want to say right now that I called it. I said uh, kind of a throwaway joke in the last episode, but I said watch Axon get like a tragic backstory with like his mom dying or something, mm. and it's his dad that's dying. And he says an interesting thing he says to his dad. He says, I'm going away for a while. We obviously know what that means, but I thought it was kind of interesting was building that tension. That's something I'm going to keep mentioning here because Mm -hmm. I feel like this episode did such a great job at just raising the tension. Just like like these tiny little moments that you think are not that important, but it just keeps raising those stakes. But I like that scene. I feel like Ackerson showed a lot more depth and I don't want to say humanity, but like we saw like a very different side of him. He's still a dick. He's like, still so- a dick, but I it's love like him. sorry, Dad. Oh, I, love him. I can't take you with me, though. I'm gonna leave. Sorry, Dad. You did. <laughs> this, I know everyone is going to keep saying that he's a dick, and yes, he is. Dick. He is. Dick, he is a Dickerson. <laughs> However, that conversation with his dad hit really close to home to me because I've mm-hmm. experienced that sort of deal. So I was just like, "Fuck you." Yeah. Why? Why you make me care so much Stop about you? Me like you. <laughs> and just like I, even just, I cared like, about his dad. Come on. <laughs> No, but yeah, like even nice. like what Ackerson like was telling his dad and how he would respond, I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> and I and like even later on when like other he says stuff to Kai again, but we're going back like all this sort of stuff. It's like, uh, I didn't want memories to come up. Please fuck <laughs> off. Um, <laughs> and I think making me feel things. I think that made maybe I'd be a bit more softer on Ackerson, but I was like, no, no, I see why you're doing it now, and like you're dick but like i don't hate you and i just i i'm annoyed that it make, it got me to that point but it also shows like that scene in particular did a really good job at just sort of at least for me being like hey he's not all a, a dick sort of i'm, and I, I'm and happy they added the depth and made it so he's not just a cookie cutter bad guy yeah true exactly i mean that's that's what uh, drew touched on uh last week where he said like you kind of you kind of want there to be a bit more with Atkinson because it's a bit one note he's just mm-hmm. this like dick that you're supposed to hate and now you're kind of like oh i feel a little bit bad for him i guess i still love him <laughs> his character <Yeah>. he's awesome <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the next scene i i really didn't like the next scene because it, it was so cliche Tr- chief gets in trouble and uh you know obviously like like the silver team gets suspended and then chief has a little bit of back talk and he gets like removed from active duty and he gets like, he's kind of being framed because like the flight plan was changed and things like that. I, I felt like it was really cliche. It was like, yeah, it was maybe a better way to, to sort of handle those things. But I guess I, they kind of wrote themselves into a hole because they needed them not to find any covenant. Cause that's how the buildup and stuff happens. But it's, I just I felt like it was like oh typical like oh you've been a bad boy now yeah. go for a psyche though I mean I felt bad for him though because like Riz and Vanek just kind of like walked off and then Kai's like what's going on and he's like I need you to be a soldier like I know these things I know these things are happening and like nobody fucking believes him and it's just like mm. what the hell like they are they're really screwing with him and yeah that bothers me. Like, don't screw and with Master Chief. There's that scene where there's that scene where Kai walks away and and Master Chief is like, "I did not dismiss you," and it's yeah. like she what just keeps five? walking. Like... It's like, whoa, mm. yeah. But I, I did like one thing about that was that like it seems like Chief is getting a little bit more hardened 
Mm-hmm. Like he's kind of becoming a little bit more of that sort of badass kind mm-hmm. of character. I think he misses Cortana. This, this. I'm just looking at the yeah the subtext, and I think he misses Cortana. I didn't hate it as much as you, Nick, because I'm like, ah, it's just it is what it is. Um, and I have a feeling like the next episode they're gonna like walk it back real fucking quick. We're like, oh, mm. we suspended you, but turns out you're right. Soz, here's your armor back. Please help <laughs> well, us. It also it we says here's your gun. Go kill everything. <laughs> it sets up that later scene for keys as well, though. Beautifully, I, f- I think so. So the next scene, uh, we're back on rubble, and Quan is back. Yay! Uh, again, I don't, I don't hate her. Come as back much. to me no, in twenty minutes, and then Juan is back. Yay! Well, it, I, I just feel like there's something much, much more to her, and I'm really starting to like Lyra too. Like Lyra, this is the thing. I think Juan is an interesting character. I love Lyra. I love Kessler. He's so cute. I love Soren. But what is this? What is their story? What is it? They're gonna Why be intertwined. Yeah. Why have they stuff. captured Soren? We obviously see where Soren goes. He goes to 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 Halsey at the end of the episode. Soren, Lyra, Kessler, Quant. Like, what is their story? Like, I don't understand what's happening with their story. And it's watch just the series, time... Nick. It, but I am watching the series. <laughs> I've made I... all my notes, and I'm like, what is what is Quant? Why is Quant? Why why is Quant? She started to become scary to me, but She's in a good way. Scary. In a good anyway, way. I... I think it's a continuation of what they were trying to do in season one, where it shows the average person in the galaxy, not just a Spartan in the military. Whether but that's they what it... I'm talking about. Is yeah, you've got an they... average random person, and then you've got Master Chief, and it's like, Master Chief's amazing, but you've got to look at this rando for 20 yeah. minutes. I'm like, why? Not, not saying that it's good or like it should be there. However, I can see what they're trying to do. They're trying to be like, hey, Master Chief, Badass, the games, you, you mostly see through a Spartan's eyes or an ODST eyes. And they're just, I think they're just trying to give a different perspective to make mm-hmm. the Master Chief stuff seem more, like, grand. The people's so lives like, are mm. fucking hard. Like, like Quan was indentured. Like, she was a freaking slave, basically. So, and that's what most people end up. And that, that to me, I'm just like, she basically said, screw this, I'm not doing this. And... She's essentially, I think, trying to help Lyra and Kessler to make sure Kessler doesn't end up without a mom. I just had a thought. So here's a thought that I was I was thinking about the the reality of the human situation that is the people who live in this universe that aren't Spartans (laughs) and how hard that life is and how crazy it is. And we started the show with what was going on in Quan's planet with Madrigal. 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 I got there. Um, and I'm thinking about what the original purpose of the Spartans was. The original purpose of the Spartans was not to fight covenants. They started creating the Spartans to fight wars against other people and like rebellions mm-hmm. within the galaxy. So that could be a reflection on that. And with the state of the universe as the humans knew it before the covenant even came into the picture, because that's what the Spartans were originally made for. So they could be leaning into that going down the road, going down. In- that's what I'm. That's what I thought when they first started off with Madrigal. I'm like, oh, so you're just showing like the civil war that was happening beforehand. And then they just kind of pivoted back. Oh, it's the Spartans are to fight the aliens, not the mm. other people. Psh, you silly Gus. No. Gus. Yeah, yeah, it kind Gus. of feels like the, what, what is that, that group of people from Gears of War? I think it's the first one. And they're like, 
I think they're like impoverished people because of the pendulum wars and they're like the Oh the people who aren't coalition like essentially or something. Yeah. Mm. They're like they're like the infected people. Or not infected, but they're like super poor. And there's like oh man, I can't remember Jake the name. No. They're like I don't blighted know. Or, or something like that. But it feels like that. It's like this small little rebel group that's supposed to in gears that's supposed to make you feel bad for the average citizen, to your point, Dan, because you're supposed to feel bad for them because if you're just looking at the gears you're like well these are badass guys why why should they be worried about anything so i guess that that's that's a thing it could be a thing like i'm getting more and more interested in the kwan lira kessler and soren story like Mm. it's like i think it's got to be much much more i literally they're like like the the leaders of the rebellion or something who knows Mm. I like the characters. I just hope they do more with their stories. Yeah. I literally said to Brandy while we were watching the episode, I'm like, every time it was cutting back to like uh, Lyra and Quan, I had this like, like, I get that this is playing into something somewhere in this show, but I just don't fucking care right now. Like, please stop cutting exactly. to them. But then by the end of the episode, not to jump ahead, it starts to be like, ah, oh, OK, OK, I see what you're doing. All right. All right. There's a scene where Chief wow. is uh, being escorted by those two guys to like his psych evaluation. Um, he had a really funny one line. I can't remember what it was now. You get any closer, we're gonna have to talk about our feelings. Because yeah. they were so like they were that. in his fucking bubble, basically. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I noted like that because I love like Chief, like Chief throughout the series, even in like season one. I think he's maybe had a few more, but he's had like these funny one-liners <laughs> that he delivers every now and then. That I just love. It's just he's got like this little sense of humor, which is just mm-hmm. I don't know. For me, it's really endearing. That's just a cool moment I wanted to shout mm-hmm. out there. What was quite interesting is um that these guys escorted Cheap into an elevator and then like he says something. Oh, what does he say? Why can't I remember anything he said? He said something in the elevator as well, and then like he just beat the crap out of both it's of those a, guys. He basically just said I'm sorry, and they're like, For what? Yeah, that's it. And then he just like beat the crap out of both of them. And I was like, I kind of looked at it and I was like, that kind of feels a little bit like the Captain America. I would say he pulled the Captain America on them. Yeah, <laughs> and then, but they, like, had, they had no fight in them. They just I mean, like, Yeah, that wasn't like a fight, but, it kind of, <laughs> but I kind of Boing. felt like this whole episode kind of felt like the Winter Soldier. How it was kind of like covert espionage kind of like mm. there's a lot of manipulation and political stuff. I was like, oh, I wonder 100%. if that was like a thing. Mm. I wonder if that was like a thing, like to kind of, I mean, it would this be a, whole that's thing is very political. That. It's yeah, first... but I liked how it. it I, I'm going to note on it later as well. It felt like it was very much like the Winter Soldier, and I think that's the big one of the big strengths of this episode mm. is how it was kind of like that covert political drama, kind of to raise the tension on things. Oh, I was going to note on like the thought that I'm like, I hope he didn't kill those dudes because like even back to when Drew was here last week, he was asking about the augmentation process and how strong does that really make a Spartan and rereading Fall of Reach. I had actually read a chapter in it where it was after John 117 gets the augmentation. They basically test him by sicking a couple of uh, ODSTs on him and he kills them not knowing how strong he was strength. He, fight, he gets in a fist fight with a couple of ODSTs and kills them. And they're like, and like Spartan or a uh, master chief is just kind of like, uh, chief, was that part of the mission? And he's like, yeah, that was your mission. So it was like, they had wrote off those guys essentially. Like they were, they were, they sent them to their death. <laughs> my bad. Like, mm. my, guys, my bad. 
<laughs> Sorry. Moving on to the next scene, we had a pretty interesting scene where the blind Spartan was back and Riz had gone to see him again. I think this guy's such an interesting character because, like, like we said last time, that's like an ex-Spartan. So, like, what mm -hmm. happens to the Spartans if they have to retire because of injury? And it's it's kind of a nice metaphor of like, uh, or, or maybe some sort of, sort of hinting at like maybe Riz could retire. Because I was gonna say, Dan, your theory about Riz maybe retiring from the Spartans and and like leaving that behind, and then you said in the trailers that she fights with no armor mm -hmm. on. I'm thinking this is what I was gonna jump back to the Quan thing. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking, what if Quan starts a rebel group and Riz joins that group later? And like awesome. Quan somehow looking for Soren, they come to reach, and then Quan is like, we've got to start a group here to rebel against the Covenant, or they just join the fight in general, because it's, I mean, it's going to be a big fight at some point. I don't think it's going to be a rebel group, because as you see, like, but what happens at the end, everyone's caught off guard, so it could just be, like, from the trailers, when you see her not in armor fighting dudes, it could just be just them fighting before. the invasion mm. essentially just surprised yeah. by like, the it's invasion like, oh, you know oh shit we got to do the gun yeah. pew pews and then it's like okay. okay well that's kind of what i meant initially in the previous episode i was more meant i more meant it as they're going to be the resistance against the covenant invasion essentially so it's interesting i'm i'm keen to see where they go with that um yeah. cuz seeing riz fight without armor is going to be interesting considering the fact that she got so heavily injured at the end of last season with the armor on so like how does that because we already seen it in episode two where she's a bit hesitant to do things because she's worried about getting hurt again so <laughs> to see her fight without armor is going to be very interesting and then we have a scene where kai is talking to akerson um i loved this scene because of how Akerson, this actor i don't know what his name is i'll pop it up on screen um <laughs> but uh, this actor is doing such a great job because in his performance, it always looks like whenever he's like talking to someone, it always looks like he's also kind of thinking and he's processing and he's kind of trying to evaluate the situation and thinking like, how can I manipulate this person? How can I manipulate this situation? He always seems like he's kind of planning something else. And in this scene with Kai, he seems like he's completely manipulating uh, mm -hmm. Kai to think like, no, Chief is not mentally stable. Um, he's just like you know you can't trust him kind of thing but he's not saying anything like that he's kind of putting the idea in kai's mind which i think is really 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 interesting i did not read it as manipulation i thought it was him going i'm already experiencing this with my dad where he his memory mm. is not right and i just don't want you to get your hopes up i see him as like a master chess player though I really I, do. Mm. Like he already, it already seems like he already knows where the pieces need to be. Yeah, that's I think what I mean. He just he's always seems like he's got a plan and he knows what's what's happening. I think in terms of like the covenant invasion and trying to get everyone away, yes. But I agree, like with Dan, this was like a moment of weakness where he's like, "Okay, this is the only way I can get you to understand." And I, you bring your notes. He, 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 he says, "Sometimes they just don't get better." Right. That's the line I was going to say. Yeah. Because, and this hits hard for me again, because again, I've had that same experience where you have to realize sometimes you just can't keep holding on to someone. And if someone's mm -hmm. changed because of illness, a traumatic event, like, you know, getting an AI ripped out of your head, um, sometimes they're just not the same. And you can hope for them to get better, but they don't. And I really liked, especially how they did it here, where accent like kind of dropped the bravado a bit. I was just like, <clears throat> Kai, you're just you can't expect people to get better all the time because sometimes they just don't. And that was when I nearly cried. Mm -hmm. 
that's a great way to look at the scene. I mean, I didn't think about it in that sort of perspective. I thought that he was kind of just using like his own, I, I thought that he was kind of using that as a way to kind of manipulate Kai in a way, but I was going to say those lines are so great. I mean, um, I love that line where he says like, you know, sometimes people don't get better because obviously he's talking about his dad as well. I mean, he is trying to undermine chief. There's no doubt about that, but, but yeah, I mean, it's probably twofold. Uh, yeah, I, I think yeah. he wants to he wants to get rid of the Spartan twos, I think. But I, which <clears throat> that's the chess game. But I I just still do think at, at that specific moment he was like, nah, I'm gonna be real. I'm gonna be real with you. Kind of like let it go. Because I, <laughs> yeah, because I I saw differently in the way that uh, I found my spot here, um, where he says sometimes people don't get better. He says sometimes we do more damage by holding on. Like I felt like that line was like, Ooh, because what does he mean by that in relation to his father? Like, has he tried to prolong his father's life? Is he trying to keep him around? Is he doing the same thing with his sister by creating the clones? Like, I mean, it's it's really, we're diving <laughs> so far into this character story, and I love it. I read that as oh, do more damage is do more damage to yourself. Because, like, you, well, yeah, that's how okay. I took it, too. It's yeah. like you're hurting yourself yeah. by, by holding yeah, like, on. You'll do more damage. Because he's doing it to himself with his dad mm-hmm. and his sister. Damn. Well, that's that's a point where Kai basically has to go alone, mm. right? I mean, yes. Just... Mm. So yeah. I was kind of interesting, heavy, depression. That was a very heavy mm-hmm. scene. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and moving on from the big sad, we 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 have another scene with the uh, with Soren's family. We have Lyra and uh, and Quan and Kesta trying to escape, and we've got the pirates kind of just like wanting to capture them and like they want to find this treasure like that doesn't it exist so it felt so like cliche like pirate problems hashtag you know like i'm like <laughs> why did why do they want a treasure why are they why are they looking for this treasure why did they give soren away if soren was the only one who may know where this treasure like it doesn't make sense it's because they said that soren tells lira everything mm-hmm. and i think okay. they're just again cliche pirate being cliche pirate deeds um but i think yeah they just probably felt betrayed by soren because he in episode one they said he's just been chasing halsey so probably like Mm. hey we haven't got paid in like a hot minute guy and like this magical treasure that apparently was there you didn't share it which because it doesn't exist and i think that's sort of like their reasoning behind like betraying soren a bit i Mm. think that's how I read it. I, I really feel like this is just kind of like, I don't want to call it filler, but I feel like it's, they need Quan and Lyra and Kessler to be away from reach for now. Like they need to be in reach later when it's going to raise the emotional stakes for Soren when he, you know, starts fighting again. And I feel like they kind of are just doing something to keep them busy before they have to head to reach. Cause if they head to reach right now, it'd be like they'd get there before it kind of matters. I feel like that's the only reason we're doing the stories because why why do we care about these pirate people? And yeah. like like it's just I feel like Quan's stories always have me asking the questions mm-hmm. of like why are we doing this and why do we need to They're do this? They're kind of fueling the narrative of why Quan is there and what's going on with Quan because of the d- indentured servitude. She was indentured to Soren, mm-hmm. but then she found out from episode one or two that her indenturedness switched to the other person because they started hunting her. And that's how she learned that there was a flip-flop. Because even for me, there was a moment where I was confused where Quan was explaining to Lyra that her men are betraying her. 
And I was like, well, how the hell does she know? And then it was like, oh, right, because they're hunting her and she's one of mm -hmm. them. So that's where she came to the understanding. But it's also fueling this change in Quan that we see as the episode progresses. And we Crazy get... killer Quan. Killer Quan. Crazy killer Quan. <laughs> killer Quan. And, and we'll get to that. <laughs> and we'll get to that. But I, I feel like that's what it is. It's just kind of raising the stakes for Quan and giving her the, the vehicle to become more brutal and more ruthless and become that kind of like, I need to rebel because surely she's going to start a rebellion. I mean, that's kind of what I'm reading into the story, but I'm well, like, where is this all connected? And where does it kind of go? She did say something to Lyra, basically saying, I'm Quan Ha. Like, I failed my people, basically. Right, yes. Like, I was supposed to protect them. I was supposed to do this. And now I'm indentured. And now and she so, feels... Yeah. She's, she's got to do what she has to do to get the crack out. Well, I, I yeah. feel like she owes, she feels like she owes a debt to like Lyra and Soren at this point where she's like, her plan Kessler, is gone. For sure. She loves Kessler now mm -hmm. and she's trying to resume this role of protector, which she was supposed to do for her planet, you know, with her family lineage. Mm -hmm. So she's, I think she's tr like moving that over to them to like, she wants to embody what she thought she lost. And what she's supposed to be. Okay. Yeah. It's an interesting way to look at it. So like yeah, I mean it's it's just I I feel like I don't know mm -hmm. if it's because I'm not interested in the stories, but I just feel I mean like yeah, it's like this so muddled, and I, I don't I'm know still what's barely going interested. On. But yeah. give me back yeah. to chief. I always try to look like further into everything because that's just how I am. And that's why we have these podcasts. I still think she's just going to be with the flood. I think she's it's leading <laughs> to flood. Don't do that. <laughs> they showed a monitor last season. Yeah. She's saying the big monster. It's grave might. It's the flood. This is their intro into it. Okay, then we move on to, I think, probably one of the most intense scenes of the whole episode, where we find out that Cobalt team is is dead. Uh, there were Spartans, right? They were Spartans, yes. yes. Okay, there were Spartans. So Atkinson kind of, uh, they, they looked like they were burned and, like, like really sort of brutally killed. And uh, Atkinson was kind of, like, trying to hide it away. Um, and, and it was like this whole crazy scene where like a lot of things just got revealed, but like my, one of my favorite things is I love that Atkinson's plan was like revealed immediately. That's not mm -hmm. like in episode seven, you find out, Oh, Atkinson did it. It was Atkinson all along, you know, I'm glad that it's like on the cards on the table kind of thing. And uh, obviously we see that, uh, keys has found out about this and the plan is revealed. Keys is, you know, found out what, what Atkinson has been doing. And you guys are going to go through your things, but I just got to say, we got our first F bomb. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. Yep. Who wants to? Who wants to quote it? Somebody. Admiral quote it right Keys now. tells Ackerson to go fuck himself. Yes, I loved it. I was so like, we yes, we love Keys, man. We love Keys. But yeah, that was just crazy because he was he was like, how much? How much did you know? Master Chief told you. Master Chief told you that not to send Cobalt Team, and you fucking did it anyway. You sent our soldiers. He was he was pissed. I loved it. It was so bad. It was such a great scene. It's such a great performance. And it was like Chief told you the Covenant were here, and then Atkinson's pretty much like, "Yeah, I know. Like, hmm. whatever. I'm, I'm out." He's <laughs> like, "I'm gonna head out. Are you coming with? No. Okay. See you later." <laughs> well, that was that whole brilliantness to that scene that i loved where Ackerson's like showing keys the bodies of cobalt team keys is like taking it in as Ackerson's revealing to him like yeah pretty much i knew this was happening and that i'm playing my cards you know 
and he's essentially telling keys that you know all the higher ups know but all the higher ups are also on their way of getting evacuated from the planet like mm -hmm. we're we're sneaking mm -hmm. our way out the back door because we knew we knew they're this was happening the yeah. yeah and that's mm -hmm. where he's telling keys like hey you you're with me right you like you're with me and then of course keys just like no, nah, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, he's fighting. He's like, he's no, like I'm not running. millions of I'm people running. here. I wanted to uh, touch on it as well. Like, I don't want to spoil it for people. Because like, we know the here? fates of, of specific... <laughs> no, but like, we know the fates of Are specific people from in the, the game? games. Mm. Yeah, we know Next. like the specific things that happen in the games. Not guaranteed they're going to happen in the show. Yeah. But from what we saw in the scene, from just the TV show right now, from what we saw in the scene... Do we think he's dead? Do we think he's doomed to die in this season? Not I hope season. not. I hope not. Because I feel like that would completely change the tone of the show going forward, especially to go that far off book from the games and mm -hmm. stuff. I because I, I I just feel like he's kind of he made that statement about saying go fuck yourself. He's kind of saying like I'm staying, I'm protecting Reach, and he's gonna do like that heroic sacrifice kind of thing at the end. But he does do that in the Reach video game, which you will learn when you play Reach. This is what I'm saying, because I know about that. That's what I'm saying. Like, maybe that's, is that like what could happen? I don't know. Well, he doesn't die in Reach. He, he escapes Reach with Chief and Cortana. Yeah, I think they're going to have, like have like a big final moment where it's like, oh, I failed, whatever. But after I, this was another part, the scene where I'm like, I get accent, you're a dick. You're abandoning people and everything. But, like, if you look at it from his perspective, he's just trying to save what he can. And he's yeah. talked to Cortana about this. It's like, is mm -hmm. there any way that we can save more? Mm -hmm. And, like, Cortana's just like, yeah, nah, soz, mate. Like, you're pretty boned. So I think he sounded so defeated. He was like, I have yeah, tried. I have tried to do as much as I can, but just yeah. it's not going not gonna to work. We're trying to save people as much as we can so we can have a fighting chance and again mm. dick move to abandon you know whole planet of people mm -hmm. but yeah i i always i, I always like those those characters that could portray it as like dicks and like villains because of like making decisions like this and like they kind of they're doing it for the greater good you know they yeah. they're sacrificing a million people to save 10 million people yeah he's basically kind of doing the like you know run away to live today and fight another day kind of thing like it seems yeah. really evil but at the same time is it cowardly is it evil but or is he just trying to do what he thinks is best for reach because he says like reach is lost essentially he already sees it as the planet's gone we just need to save yeah. as many people as we can while we can that's yeah. it and i mean talking about like like reaches reaches gone reaches lost do you think that there's any chance that they'd switch it up from the way the games happen do you think reach is absolutely toast yeah yeah gotta be i think they're gonna lean as I mean, hard I as they can think so as well but I, i'm just i just wonder if they're like yeah maybe we'll switch this up a little bit but like mm -hmm. there's no way surely mm -hmm. not right that would piss off the rest of the people Everyone. that watch it <laughs> even more than the sex scene in the first season yeah that shit was weird <laughs> that scene mm -hmm. with keys when he's talking to akerson and he's talking about the cobalt team and he mentioned he says the covenant around reach he says we need to activate the winter contingency oh yeah that's a big yeah. fucking deal that was a line from reach that was the code word for their our covenant on reach and like mm -hmm. we need to start doing what we got to do out. like that's yeah. a big yeah. thing like i'm like oh i almost forgot that Ooh. 
Okay. And Keys is still going ahead with that, right? So Keys is. I think so. Yeah, he's moving forward with the winter contingency. Yeah, and Atkinson is like, "Cool, have fun." Bye. (laughs) Bye. So Chief, we got to see him going to the uh, the ex admiral, who we found out she's not actually the ex admiral; she's still the admiral. And uh, she obviously lied to him in the first. What was it? The first episode of the second episode. Mm And okay. she's kind of like, yeah, you can report to me and you can still trust me. And this is another example of where I think this this is kind of like the Winter Soldier because it's kind of like, who do you trust? And like, who, like it's all over the place. And uh, I'm loving it. I'm loving like, like the political sort of drama suspense kind of thing. I feel like these little moments have really sort of raised the tension. Because one thing I was going to mm-hmm. say is I was kind of upset there was another slow episode with no action. But it kind of still raised the tension. I feel like they really did a great job it's building with it. Scenes like this, because mm-hmm. Chief's Chief's there talking to the ex admiral, and then there's like a whole bunch of guards that show up, and it's like I I remember thinking like Chief's gonna beat the hell out of all these guys right now, and then she's like let him go, and he just walks out. I was like, oh, that was so much better. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the ramen. I, I wanted good. Chief to eat the ramen. <laughs> <laughs> eat um, the ramen. I the Covenant are here in the, in the ramen. ramen? <laughs> it's a hard-hitting yeah. episode breakdown, everybody. I, yeah. I wanted to piggyback off. I'm hungry. Shut up. I'll piggyback off what you said about raising the tension. Um, yeah, I, this entire episode, it just got more and more. And I was just, I when I started, I was like, oh, cool. Uh, Visit rat, yeah, reach, yeah. But as it went on, I was just like, oh, oh. Oh, mm-hmm. and just got more and more and more, and then mm. stuff happened. And this wasn't just elevated even further, where it's just like, as you and now you mentioned Winter Soldier, I just can't help but thinking, like, yeah, it is because, like, <laughs> That's she, what I'm he, he can trust no one, and it's which probably might lead him back to Cortana, maybe because she can he can trust her, maybe really? still. I don't know, the only one, the only one he can trust. It really felt the whole episode felt like a hat in a hat thing, where, like you said, it's like, oh, oh. Oh, it just kept getting like bigger and bigger. Like, I, I it would be episode. even better if they lean hard into the reach narrative of the video game, and Cortana actually has to be delivered to the Pillar of Ottoman at the end of this show. Like, like that's mm-hmm. that's what happens in the game. Is Cortana is a vital asset that they need to get off planet before the planet gets destroyed. So she's not with Chief the entire time that Reach is falling in the games. So. Mm-hmm. They could go there. So, I mean, the, the the question I have on Cortana, uh, I, maybe jumping ahead a little bit, but we obviously we saw Axon leave Reach. Surely he's got Cortana <clears throat> with him. No. No, because he, he said in the last episode, like this is going to be the last. Like he basically like see you say see you later or something, and she's like, but that's not right or that's not true, is it? Yeah. And he's like, oh, it's just something people say, and he like closed the door. So right. he did not take her. He left her. So she's her. still on reach somewhere. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I think and then she's gonna she's gonna get her back and she's gonna turn it back the way she looked in season one and everyone's gonna be happy. Yep. <laughs> exactly. I think Jeez. I think it's, instead of her being delivered to Pillar Autumn with Reach there, with um Chief there, I think Chief's gonna deliver her. Yeah. Because like we haven't really yeah. gotten any other like noble. Yeah, team, I mean, that's <laughs> probably the case. <clears throat> it's like, wishful cool, thinking but... for me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't this show just wishful thinking? Um, uh, so far, that was a little tangent. We're back on track now. With a <laughs> cool scene <laughs> where Ackerson goes back to see Halsey mm-hmm. and he starts questioning her about the Spartans. I thought this was really intriguing. How he was asking, like, how you, what, you just kidnapped them and turned them into super soldiers? And then he talked about the augmentation 
uh, process, which, I mean, we didn't really dive that much into last season, did we? Mm-mm. I don't think so. Uh, much. Besides the specifics the of it? Besides the pellets. Besides stuff the pellets, the, yeah. The mind. Mm. Yeah, because then we find out that Akerson's sister was given the augmentation and she didn't survive. That yeah, the was big reveal. Fuck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, but the, the crazy face, like Ackerson smiles, yeah. has this weird smile at Halsey. And I'm just like, oh my God, that's a crazy face. Oh my God, that's crazy. Well, I also called out the fact that the mm-hmm. girl meant something by to Ackerson. Yeah. I said, he's something important mm-hmm. to her, or he's she's important to him in some way or shape or form. And we see, okay, it is his sister. And she was a Spartan. Um, advocate potential advocate (laughs) padawan (laughs) sure uh yeah she was a spartan padawan um inductee abductee spartan intern (laughs) and they tried to put her through the uh the the old uh, swirly gig of augmentation and she came out as mush so he was upset probably well so so the clones i'm trying to wrap my head around this whole thing the clones that he made so was that the same process that the Halsey did on herself? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. In, yeah. So that's the same thing. So that's how Ackerson was able to because that's why like I was gonna I was gonna say this earlier. Um like I still don't see it in terms of like the new Cortana and, and Ackerson's sister's face. Like I don't think they look exactly the same, but I'm totally buying into that theory now because if they're making those flash clones the same way Halsey did, then Halsey then then Ackerson can absolutely make his own Cortana. Do we think his Cortana then that we see in season two? Do you think maybe that's a different Cortana? No. No, it's the yeah, same Cortana. It's, it's definitely think, the same one. You guys, you yeah. can't, you can't just yeah. make a, t- a second Cortana like that. Like, mm. yeah, Cortana is Cortana. Ad, what kind of game adds it? Like, you know, a second like AI that like talks like Cortana, looks a bit like Cortana. Who would do that? Who would do that? How do they do that, Dan? <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> um, that wasn't just yeah, it wasn't like an easy process tom <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't like oh i'm gonna crap out my own cortana <laughs> like most ai in the halo universe are pretty basic cortana is yeah. super advanced compared to most ais yeah, yeah that's pretty true mm-hmm. yanking your chain um, yanking the chain oh i know what you're but, doing <laughs> back Anyways. on track back on track <laughs> I, wanted, <laughs> I wanted to say I loved the back and forth, like because with between mm. Halsey and Ackerson, because mm-hmm. Ackerson comes in and he's like in the position of power, like, hey, so like you're Spartans, you were just like a horrible person <laughs> to these children, like you kind of suck. And then he's like, well, have fun living with the fact that you know you're gonna die and you're gonna be alone. And then Halsey's just like, your sister was a really nice girl, mm-hmm. you know. And it's just like, oh, and then like the pivot turn, the, the just the face is just like, what? And then it was just that slow burn. And then just like, as Halsey was saying, I was like, oh, she is a bitch. Fuck. <laughs> and I just loved that building tension. There was like barely any music. It was just Ackerson's face and just Halsey just go, we're going back. Just like, mm-hmm. yeah, killed your sister. And I just loved it Baller. so much. <laughs> oh. It was pretty gnarly. And we, I mean, we have as well at the end of that scene with the big reveal that Soren is there and mm-hmm. Ackerson has... Saren and he's like here's one of your spartans that's interesting i was hoping we would see some kind of interaction between Saren and halsey but they're obviously going to save that for next episode because that's going to be spicy 
And I was gonna, I was actually gonna ask that before Saren appeared. I was gonna ask, do we think that Halsey is actually on Reach? Because like, yep. that's what I kept yeah. wondering. Like, is Halsey actually there? Because you know, Ackerson could be there with like a hollow projection or something like that. When he brought Saren in, I thought, okay, surely they have to be on Reach. But do you guys think they might be somewhere else? Halsey? No. Because I think Ackerson is trying to take out the Spartans and Halsey all in one fell swoop. Because I think he hates the Spartans and hates the program so much because of what Halsey did to his sister that he's just going to fuck them all up. He didn't know about his sister until Halsey revealed it to him in this episode. He just, Do you think so? Well, because uh, I think he, I knew. Think he knew something. He knew something was up, but his reaction to Halsey revealing it was just like, you did what? So yeah, I don't I, think he knew everything, but I because I actually read up about Ackerson a bit. Mm. Apparently, he is in the books, and he just hates Halsey Spartan Two program because it stole a bunch of money from everything else. So mm. I think initially yeah. it was just like a workplace vendetta, but I think now that he's like, "Oh, so you you killed my okay now what well, now you're gonna just die." Mm. You did like, say something about improving on what work she started. So yeah could be where they start like the next spartan program which would lead into like halo 4 which we talked about how halo 4 actually ties really heavily into yeah. it's actually he does spartan threes mm. and then the fours are later uh. but I, it, I they could probably just skip threes and just like make it they could yeah, yeah the same thing which again as you said halo 4 mm. everything's just <laughs> halo 4 <laughs> <laughs> well that was i mean i think that was one of the better scenes um in the episode i think it was really cool to see things happening and then we go back to uh the pirates and uh back to Liren and 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 kessler see i'm like struggling to remember this because it's like i'm like ah uh, i didn't so enjoy these, these parts because i'm i'm like it, it it was frustrating for me because it felt like the the pirates are kind of just like oh we want this treasure and it's it's like we have to do these things, but um, we we see Liren trying to escape with Kessler and Quan, and like I thought it was a really cool tense scene where she got into that spaceship, and then she was like, "Cool, we gone," and I thought, "Cool, they've escaped," and then they start closing those shutters, and then like they screwed, and um, I thought it like it was it was actually cool. I enjoyed seeing like then Quan go like full brutal badass, and she started killing all the pirates and stuff. But I just like I kept saying like like what is this treasure that the pirates are trying to get? Like was that ever alluded to before, or was it just mentioned it in was. this episode? Mag the magical treasure when Quan when... and Sauron mm. went to Magical, and Quan's like, "I have money, dude. Okay. Trust me, bro." Mm -hmm. So that's why. Right, okay, so is it all the way back to that? Yes. yes. Okay. Right. Okay. She told okay, him I'm there's a big I'm treasure. Like... There's no treasure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm just thinking that it's the pirate saying like, Soren, you never get us treasure and we want treasure. And I'm like, said every pirate from every pirate story ever <laughs> to their captain. You know, that's the, the story that starts every pirate story. Right? Think about any Pirates of the Caribbean movie. The, the Where's our treasure? To Jack Sparrow and say like, we need more treasure. Jack Sparrow is like, I've got this compass. I need to take us this way. <laughs> it's like how every pirate story starts. And I was like, is this just so cliche pirates or is there something more? And there is something more. Thank there you for filling in the gap for me. <laughs> like, there wasn't actually guys... a treasure, though. Yeah, it didn't exist. And, mm. and Lyra's totally right. It doesn't actually exist. But what do you guys think of Quan and her getting more badass and lethal? I mean, she was like, Killer Quan. murdering those guys. <laughs> I don't hate her as much now. Yeah. I have a little bit more affection for Quan. A little bit. Respect? Maybe. Respect, yeah. 
Yeah. Brandy made because a good like, point too about how um, Quan says to Kessler that he asks like, "Is my am I going to see my mom again and tell the truth?" And she goes, "Yes, I promise." So this and leads... she kept that promise. Yeah, exactly. She's... She did. And then like, like Liera was like, him... "You know, I told you to watch Kessler. Why are mm -hmm. you here?" And she's like, "Cause you'd be dead if I didn't." I did. I did really like one thing, which is kind of giving me hope for the story of Quan. I very much think she'll become like this rebel leader and things, but I love how after she killed all the pirate guys and stuff, she kind of sat down and she had the blood on her face and she was like a little bit shell shocked. She was yeah. like, like mm -hmm. what have I done? And like she obviously chose to do it and she chose to kill those guys and stuff, but she's like kind of like she's feeling that sort of emotion of like, should I just kill people? Like this is this is like serious stuff. And I hope that they kind of dive into that. So she becomes this rebel leader that's like struggling with what she feels that she needs to do and things because that's going to make her so much more interesting than just being this this character that's on the side mm. so i've got I, I, that was the one scene that i was like you know what there's hope for Quan, and i'm, I'm kind of like you said i'm warming up to her. i've got some more respect for her so hopefully her story really really takes off because i want to see it improve i really do killer Quan ha <laughs> killer like Quan ha like ha ha then we get uh, the final scene with Ackerson and his dad. Uh, we really did get that half episode yeah. of his sad backstory. Uh, it was pretty sad, though. I like that. That's the actor that played his dad. Um, mm -hmm. I thought that uh, he, he did a pretty good job. And um, I loved how they Ackerson was like he brought in his sister's clone, and he said like, "Yeah, you can spend you know your final days or your final hours with um, with uh, with your daughter and like he gives him that pill and then he kind of is like emotional and then he leaves that was brutal mm. Mm. like he's really starting to feel things for the Sackerson guy but dickerson yeah. but then like that was the other thing because then you because it also realized like his dad forgot that julia and his mother died mm -hmm. like it, it, earlier mm. on he was like where's julia is she gonna come and so i it it was it was a full circle thing even if it was only during one episode but yeah it was i was sad and it's like, is it, it time? Because he didn't want to die to the covenant. So he's like, is it time? Am I going to die on my own terms? He's like, yep, here's the suicide pill. And yeah, I, I, I enjoyed everything about him and his dad this episode. Okay, so then we have like the final uh, scene of the episode, which was so good. Very Can good. I... Someone go first. Brandy. Can I talk about one thing before this? Wow. Yes. Oh, no, absolutely. Go for it. Okay. Before the whole Perez and Chief thing, okay? We have, what is it? Um, Riz is, like, crashed out on what's-his-face's floor. And then you see Vanek take something out of a locker. I don't know what it was. I'm really curious what that is. But he turns around, looks at the board, and sees Cobalt team standby and it's like he has this like resolute look on his face and he just like walks off with this like little brown paper sack something so i'm like i'm really curious what that was and what he's gonna do Ooh. i never thought about that what i took from that is he looked up at cobalt and saw on standby and maybe thought like that's a bit fishy and maybe he's going to find chief to like talk about it some more like maybe vanek's kind of he's just he's I'm suspicious. wondering what it was in his hand, though. That's interesting. Ooh, could, I didn't think about it. Possible idea I just thought of now. Could it be the pellets? I was, like, mm. I was gonna say that. Yeah, yeah. Like, could Maybe it be like, to put it back in. Be like, hey, if shit's gonna go sideways, if I need Chief my pellet back. 
if Chief is not acting like he should, do we need to put this in so we have a fighting chance? Maybe, maybe he starts mm. thinking about it like that and starts saying, is Chief losing his mind because he's taking the pallet out? And his mm. body's not able to cope mentally with the augmentation and things. So maybe he's like, I'm going to put it in before I start going crazy too. Yeah. Could I be, love Vanek though. That so, is awesome. I want to know what he does. And his nature documentaries. That's my, yeah. like, my favorite moment. <laughs> I just had to mention that one thing. So that's Move a on. great, that's a great one. Great one. Great one. So then we have the final scene, which is awesome. <clears throat> uh, like, oh man, I had like chills and goosebumps. So Chief is looking for Perez and like the, there's so much like, like poetic amplification in this. Uh, so he goes to uh, her mother's place. I think it's her mother, Perez's mother. Mm. And the mother first, the first thing she says is like the devil follows you. And something that's been alluded to is that the chief is the demon Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of like interesting things there. Then he goes to a damn church and like he <laughs> kind of looks at the it looks at like the the crucifix like all weird like I'm like what is the imagery that they're playing with yeah it was like really really cool. Uh and then like like Drew said last week as well the Perez scene with Chief last week was great cuz it felt like real emotional characters and the actress that plays Perez I think is doing such a phenomenal job at portraying like this survivor guilt. Of like she's the only one that survived. And Dan, I think you were talking about earlier when she got captured, or not captured, but when she got took, she was the only one left alive. Mm -hmm. When they were on sanctuary. Like what yeah. happened to her then? Because how is she able to translate the Yeah, alien that's language? what I was wondering. She understands the Saint Healy. Or how it's she a, it's a says she can't sleep. Yeah. She said it's a prayer. She always and she hears like... it. We see at the beginning of the episode, she's tapping that that yeah. uh, tune. I thought it was like a Morse code thing, but she's tapping it. It's almost like she's been brainwashed. So I'm wondering if like one of the one of the elites maybe just like did something. She was also tapping at the dinner scene in episode yeah. two because yeah. Chief noticed yeah, yeah. it. It's a it's the frequency I think, like the signal she's tapping along with that mm. signal that they were using to trans uh, transmit that that yeah. message. So I think that got like burned into her brain for some reason and she kept hearing mm. it and hearing it. And then she was hearing the voice and she was able to, I figured that maybe the main reason she was able to translate was that she was like a language expert and that's part of yeah, why she was on the communication yeah. team. So she just knows saying Healy. Ah, uh, fair enough. Mm. But, that's possible. Um, and also like the, she saw McKee as well. Yeah. That's right. Yes, that was the big thing. That was I. I put like so. Chief knows that she's not crazy. <laughs> He's like, like the sigh of relief that he has, like, yeah, like someone else fucking saw her. Mm -hmm. Like that was okay. Nuts because again, I thought <laughs> that Chief saw McKee as like a vision, not as like she was physically there. I thought it was like how they were able to see each other when they were connected to the artifact in season one. I thought it was something like that. I didn't think she was physically there. And then Perez is like, yeah, I saw that 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 woman. I was like, what? Bananas. Mm -hmm. That was insane. Yep. I'm still upset she's then, not uh, dead. Yeah. <laughs> You're just jealous like that she, she had sex it's, with Chief. It's, it's Keiko all over again. Oh, what? no. Shush! She <laughs> <laughs> just throws the table, the laptop goes flying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thumbs out. Anyways, we then get uh, that that chilling prayer scene where they start translating the prayer, and you hear that alien voice, which mm -hmm. I still think it's going to be an arbiter. 
I it think that might be because he did say his name. He was like, my yeah. name is, and it means death. Mm. And I'm like, yeah. Does, is Arbiter that the Arbiter? Death. Is Arbiter like, oh, like yeah, it could be. It could be like they're hinting at that. Arbiter. Because yeah. we have an Arbiter, uh, we have an actor that's confirmed to be playing the Arbiter in this season. But like oh. I think Dan said, it's not going to be the Arbiter from Halo 3. Like True. the guy who becomes good. That mm-hmm. Arbiter. It could just be another one who assumes that role. I really, really think that that's who was talking here. And I think he's like well, you said, said they, the Arbiter. They need, of death. They're spilling the blood of the demon. So. Chief like, is again. He's, the that, he's that, that chosen one. Yeah. The demon, the devil. They need mm-hmm. him to find the. They allude to it as well. They say to find the ring. They need mm-hmm. to spill his blood to find the ring, which obviously they mean Halo. Um, so that that whole scene was like, oh, this is gonna get intense, and it's like a really chilling scene where it cuts to like a whole bunch of like scenes in Reach where there's people that are enjoying their life. Mm-hmm. We see Akison on a ship escaping. We see Riz at that uh, the blind Spartan's house, like all the peaceful things, and then boom, the church That's explodes happening. and the episode ends. Mm-hmm. Oof. I was real pissed. <laughs> I was like, seriously, they're gonna fucking end it there? What? I, 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 I know the feeling. I always am like, I hate cliffhanger <laughs> endings, but I also love them so much because yeah. that what? was the perfect, perfect, perfect cap to a really, really strong episode of tension building. Mm-hmm. Like that moment yeah. was literally like, boom! See you next week. Oh, it's yep. so good. It sucks that it was a blue balling of you know action, <laughs> um, but I think now. The last five episodes is all just going to be full of reach. Like, yeah. all just going to be fine. Hopefully. Um, like, there's enough for it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. They could easily Do pad guys... that out that, to be that full. Like, the next, all the remaining episodes is just them battling the Covenant and then trying to get the fuck out of there. Um, so, anyway, that is uh, episode three in a nutshell. In, uh, well, not a nutshell, but like in detail. In detail. <laughs> and very long. <laughs> long winded and very entertaining detail. Uh, <laughs> Giant blue nutshell. But it's, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. bit of a like, bit of a banging episode. I think uh, it's pretty cool. A lot of tension building, a lot of a lot of things mm-hmm. heightening. And uh, I think very soon we'll be able to say RIP Reach. Um, so. <laughs> Without any further ado, let's get into what we thought of this week's episode with this ep- with today's scoreboard. Righties, scoreboard time. What do we think? Who wants to rate this week's episode? Brandy's our new guest, so I think Brandy you can go first. Um, Fresh I'm going to give this one a nine because it really got me thinking like it really it's really leading up to some really cool shit i think like i'm excited to see what it what happens next mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yep there's a lot of like a lot of crazy stuff happen a lot of really good things happen key says mm. fuck yourself and i i loved it we yes that's my dude i can jump right in off of brandy i'm gonna also give it a nine because I think nice. it's one of the best episodes the show's had so far. It's not mm-hmm. the most action-packed, but it's one of the most well-written and most well-character-driven like character driven episodes that really starts mm-hmm. to make you feel like Halo, and it really starts to capture the the severity of everything that's happening. Whereas, like, we've had previous episodes in the last season and a little bit in this season where it's like, cool, we get to watch Master Chief being Master <clears throat> Chief and blast Covenant and Aliens, which is great. 
but it's like it felt a little uh hollow or shallow in those regards because it didn't feel like halo otherwise but now we're starting to get mm. in the thick of it and it's starting to feel like it's coming around in a great way and i think that that makes it one of the stronger episodes that we've seen so far in the show and it's also just got me tingling and ready for next week hoping that it's just balls ablazing hopefully next week yeah i would have to agree like i when i first watched the episode i was like this is really good eight but the more i've thought about it and talking today about all the different things i would agree nine as well Be, mo mostly for me it was the suspense building but it was the de delve into accents character in all honesty for me um mm -hmm. and yeah i just enjoyed everything about it and i think as dan said really good writing solid writing um and yeah, I'm keen to hopefully also see balls to the wall action and not get blue balled again. But you know, so you're gonna be blue balled week. week to week as it keeps get, leaving us on cliffhangers. Yeah. <laughs> Final episode, it's just gonna be <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, but now, yeah. Oh man, I I must say I I, I agree with Tom and I feel the same as Tom where like I initially was like I wanted to give it an eight out of ten but also talking about it now I'm like actually yeah like yeah 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 it kind of been upgraded for me I'm gonna cap it though at an eight point five um I will say that this has been probably my favorite episode of Halo so far including season mm -hmm. one um mm -hmm. I loved episode five with all the action and the craziness um episode five of season one but this episode just kind of very delicately delicately weaved all these like covert sort of political kind of drama elements and Atkinson's sort of backstory and and all of that is great and the idea of them just saying we're going to just abandon reach is awesome and the the building of tension and things like that is amazing the only part that i i cap it down to 8.5 is because i just think Quan's storyline is and that's that stuff like i said it's getting better it's getting, it's there, getting better but it's it's mm. getting better but it's still just so distracting i feel like what they could have done is all of kwan and lyra and kessler's their whole story could have been like let's put that in the next episode we'll, we'll cut it in there and just focus this on what's happening with chief and reach and akison and all of that stuff then the episode is better for it because i feel like when you go back to kwan it's like shut up and get me back to what's really happening in this episode but it, uh, as i said it's probably my favorite episode of the whole series so far i think it's just so tense and it's just building everything i said at the in my recap on episode two i said i don't want any more slow episodes i want them to just start getting to the action and they gave us a slow episode but boy did it they nail it uh so i absolutely love this episode and yeah it's it's awesome Hopefully that means yep. all super quick, crazy episodes coming for us now. <laughs> I was thinking uh, like like episode was it episode five where they have the big big action sequence where the Covenant steal the artifacts. Is that yeah. episode five of season one? Yeah. Because I was thinking maybe that's like their trend is like midway through the the season they have one big action episode and then it goes back down to the slow episodes. I just don't know how they would do that with everything we're expecting to happen. Everything we're expecting to happen is big bombastic action, so mm -hmm. it's it's crazy. I mean, what's, it's gonna be the entire planet fighting for survival. Because like Reach doesn't mm -hmm. fall in a day, does it? Like no, one day. That's a couple. Yeah. It's like a week like, or two, is it? Uh, yeah, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a while. It's gonna be a lot of craziness. It's gonna be a lot of action next week's episode is titled reach 
so it's it's I don't know. Get your get Come your team. ready because I think noble it's going to be I think it's going to be harsh. Are we going to see noble be... team? No, probably not. That's, no. that's more wishful thinking. <clears throat> you might Maybe, get you never know. You might there might be hints when Axon's like Spartan threes, everybody, but no, you're not nah, going to see not them yet. Anyways, that is you're watching now halo season two episode four episode three breaking it down make sure you join us again next week on tuesdays 2 p.m pst over on youtube or a day early if you remember over on couch or also on all of the podcast services wherever you listen to podcasts so check us out there and head on over to couch become a member uh just because hey we're fun people come join us and we're crazy and we make inappropriate jokes this is what we do <laughs> it's a great community a lot of fun here and we've got a whole bunch of other really awesome con uh, content around here go check out screen smash where they talk more about halo as you said earlier mm -hmm. and we will see you he guys in a week's time <laughs> we'll see you guys in a week's time see you then spartans isaac guardians wait that's different <laughs>